All right, we've got a smorgasbord tonight, okay? hope you're hungry. Um, we do actually have dinner uh, after this. <laughs> yeah, maybe you weren't sure what I was talking about. Um, thank you to our folks for preparing dinner, the Gillespie's and Caitlin. Thank you, guys. Can we thank them? <laughs> um, I want to share a few things tonight. Like I said, it's kind of a smattering. It's a little all over the place. Um, First is, um, we've been talking about generosity. And as we reflect on this season of Advent, I need that. Um, We've been reflecting on the the truth that, really, um, as we celebrate Christ's coming into earth, which is... Advent means the arrival of, and um, maybe Christmas growing up wasn't Advent to you, but um, it wasn't to me. Um, but Advent is the arrival of, and we celebrate the arrival of what God has done through his son. And as we celebrate that, there's so many things that we recognize, but I think central to this season is this amazing truth that um, through Jesus, God has redefined what generosity looks like. It says no greater love um, than a man laid down his life for a friend. And that's what um, God has done through, for us through his son. Um, and so we get generosity actually redefined um, through Jesus and his coming and the way that uh, he came. Just think about this amazing truth that you know, God could have brought salvation in, in so many ways, but he brought it through a child and through the person of Jesus and, and actually becoming like us um, to redeem us. So that's really powerful. Um, I don't know if you've had a chance to go through this calendar at all, but guess what? We are on the 18th, which means we've got still quite a few days left. And there's some really good stuff on here. And I just want to, I know it's been busy. I know if you're like me, um, maybe... Uh, you've been a little forgetful and or uh, you, you look at the calendar and you realize something that you really wanted to do, but it was last week. And let me just <laughs> invite you to just use this however you need to. OK, but I do want to I want to bring us back to this. And um, I think there's still some great opportunities to be had both past and uh, future from this calendar. So. Travel in time if you need to, okay, to, to, to um, find something on here that maybe God is saying to you to, to go and do, okay? Um, on that note, I do want to point out a couple. Which ones that I want to point out? Well, today is pray for and with someone at church. So we're going to do that before the night is over, all right? So um, why don't I just give that as a, as, as a personal invitation uh, I'm not going to do it formally, but take time before you leave tonight to connect with somebody and to pray with them, all right? Um, or something else on here that I wanted to talk about. Oh, I want to highlight last Thursday's write a note of encouragement to one of our missionaries. So uh, I want to point this out. If you are... Um, Keeping up with Aaron or Rochelle or Laura or Derek, um, there's a lot of good stuff going on. And particularly for those who are in 
YWAM, so Aaron, Derek, Laura, they are out on the field now. They're doing the second half of their um, their six-month stint, which is um, to go to another country, and they're in a completely different place. And um, I don't know how we would get that letter to them exactly, but maybe through email is the best way. Um, but I'd say it's a great time uh, to to write them because actually they're probably all three going to be away from home for Christmas. Um, so if we could just bring a little slice of home to them, I think that'd be awesome. Okay, so um, let's do that. Um, I want to read this passage from James too. Let's try to keep it simple tonight, okay? I'm going to try. Um, James 2, verse 1 through 5. <clears throat> I'm going to do two things tonight. I'm going re- to share a little bit about generosity, and then I want to kind of um, perhaps switch gears a little bit to talk about preparing our hearts and minds for um, a new year, okay? So let's read this. James 2, 1 through 5. It says, my brothers and sisters, believers in our glorious Lord Jesus Christ must not show favoritism. Suppose a man comes into your meeting wearing a gold ring and fine clothes and a poor man in filthy old clothes also comes in. If you show special attention to the man wearing fine clothes and say, here's a good seat for you, but say to the poor man, you stand there or sit on the floor by my feet. Have you not discriminated against among yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts? Listen, my dear brothers and sisters, has not God chosen those who are poor in the eyes of the world to be rich in faith and to inherit the kingdom he promised those who love him? I want to read that last verse again. This kind of sums it up, sums it up tonight. Has not God chosen those who are poor in the eyes of the world to be rich in faith and to inherit the kingdom he promised those who love him? Um, So James starts this, this section of his letter, and he says, brothers and sisters, he's talking to his family. He's talking to those um, that have become part of the family of God. And he says, believers in our glorious Lord and Jesus Christ must not show favoritism. And so he's saying that because of who we are now and because of who we follow and because of the name that has become our name, because that's what it means to be a part of his family. It means to take on his name. He says because of that name, there's some things that we shouldn't do. And we could reverse that. We could flip that the other way and say there are some things that we should do. And so he's saying that there are implications to this new life that we're in, this new family we're in, and they directly correlate to our actions and our behavior. And he says, because you follow Jesus, you shouldn't act this way anymore. He says there are things that are no longer acceptable because of the new family that you're in. And I think that's really a good reminder for us because it's um, sometimes what we believe doesn't affect the way we live, but the truth is it should. 
And I, I want to flip this passage, okay? Because, in fact, as he goes a little bit further, um, he, he goes on to point to the reason that you should treat the poor with dignity and respect and with the same care as we would treat anybody else. And he says it's because of what God has given us in the gospel. And so I want to flip this. He's saying, do not show favoritism. But I think another way of saying this is actually to be generous with everyone, whether they deserve it or not in your eyes. We'll just let this crisis pass here. (laughs) Jesus be with them. So let's flip it. So let's put it in the do. Those that know Jesus, those that have become part of this family, we have this obligation to be generous, but to not just be selectively generous, to be generous to everyone. And in fact, um, if we want to take it a little bit further, we, we have an obligation to hone in on and, and, and let our generosity be directed particularly towards those that the gospel has said really matter and that the gospel has directed its generosity towards. I mean, the gospel is for everyone. But, but James goes on to say, in fact, he says, has not God chosen those who are poor in the eyes of the world to be rich in faith? And so he's actually saying that the very people that you're neglecting are the very ones that God has said, those people matter to me, and those are the people that I've come for, and those are the people that my message is for. And I believe ultimately it's, it's for the poor in spirit. It's for those that would say, I need you. I need what you have come to bring and to give. And that, that has nothing to do with how much or how little you have. But I think there is this reality that, in fact, those who have less in this life are more able, oftentimes, to be aware of this deeper need. And I think that in that way that we are called to reflect this truth that 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 the gospel came for the poor. And so if we flip this, we could say that we have this obligation as those that follow Jesus to be generous, but particularly with those that the world would see no reason to be generous with. Because this passage, he's really talking about the way we treat people from a worldly vantage point. And, and from a worldly standpoint, we treat people based on our perception of whether they've deserved it or not. Both good and bad. We often treat people based on our perception of whether they deserve our kindness or whether they deserve our anger. Anybody ever work in customer service? You have a lot of people that have decided that you deserve their anger. <laughs> Bless you. If you ever worked in customer service, it's, I, I think it's a spiritual gift. I, I haven't found it in the Bible yet, but um, anyway, sorry. Bad joke. Let me get some water on that note. <laughs> I don't want to belabor this, but I love this because... Again, as we're talking about, first and foremost, God's generosity, we find that this season is one of the beautiful truths about this season is that God's generosity came to us when we didn't deserve it. And we did nothing to earn it. When we were poor, 
poor in spirit and in need. And so in the middle of that, we, we are that person who walks into the room and, and nobody's thinking, that's the person I want to be friends with. That's the person that I want to um, get to know. In the middle of that, God, in fact, said, I do want to get to know you. And I do give what I have that's of worth to you. And that's the call now for us. And so as we talk about generosity, and I want to say with the remainder of this time, as we prepare for New Year, all of that, I want to challenge us to think about being generous, particularly with those that the people around us might not perceive as, um, as being worthy of that generosity. And it might not just be a poor person because, in fact, you know, we see a lot of times that's where, that's the first people we're thinking of, okay, we're going to give, um, you know, charitably to people in need. And, and a lot of times it's not even coming from a place of, of um, necessarily um, God's heart either. It might just be because you feel sorry for them or because that's what you're supposed to do, right? So I want to, I want to actually say that I believe this is more about um, determining when somebody doesn't seem worthy of the gift to give it anyway. And that's what he was calling them out on because in their eyes, it was the poor that didn't seem worthy of the gift. And so it might not be the poor for us. It may be, but it may be the person that mistreated you or maybe the person that cut you off or it might be the person that isn't giving you what you want. What does it look like for us to flip the script on them and rather than retaliate to, to give generously? It's actually really exciting because you, you mess with people's heads when you do that. <laughs> they just get confused and then there's the question of why. And I imagine there's a question of why here too. If this is lived out the right way, there becomes this question of why. Why would you do that? Why would you? See, we understand giving in a a certain context. But when it comes, when it's not deserved, and when you don't expect it, then there's this question of why would you do that? And that's the gospel. It's like, why would you do that? Well, because there's something that I have that I didn't deserve. Right? So I just want to challenge us on that note that we would give as we're giving generously, that we would find those moments where it's not like, hey, this will be awesome, and this person totally deserves this, and I'm just going to bless them. And, but that would be like, um, they're totally not going to expect this because perhaps um, they don't deserve it. Yeah? Can we do that? All right. I want to read this passage one more time, verse 5, okay? Has not God chosen those who are poor in the eyes of the world to be rich in faith and to inherit the kingdom he promised those who love him? So let's reflect him in that way in this season. Through giving generously even when it's not deserved. Even when it's not expected. Okay. That's that. All right. Check this out. If you don't have one or you lost it or it became your um, coffee table coaster, get another one before you leave tonight, all right? <clears throat> um, 
I want to share a couple other thoughts tonight, and this isn't a sermon, so don't worry. I'm not trying to fit two in. Um, but I, I want to share some thoughts as we prepare for the new year. And um, this actually came up in prayer last Monday um, when we were having our serving team, our last serving team uh, leaders meeting of the year. And as we were praying for the new year, I felt like God highlighted three particular ways that we can begin to prepare for 2017. And in fact, even um, process the year that's been. I don't know about you, but I need a little bit of time to do that before I start thinking about 2017. It's like, well, but we're running out of time. Okay, you realize that. Got a little bit left. Um, So I think these three things are ways that we can help process the year that has been and also begin to prepare for the year that's coming. Um, I don't know your perception of the, um, the, the new year that's coming and if you are excited for it or you're not ready for it or what. Maybe you're one of those people, you're pumped because now you get to switch out the calendar on the wall and you got this new one with some sweet designs in it. Um, <laughs> Well, get ready. It's coming. <laughs> um, <laughs> I remember having a conversation with a friend, and uh, we were talking about, you know, preparing for the new year. And he's like, I don't, I don't get it. Um, he's like, I don't, it's really not that different. It's just another week, and we, we maybe get a new calendar, and, and we just keep going. And... On one hand, I would say, yes, that's true. And I want to talk about that. But on the other hand, I I would say, no, that's not entirely the truth. And I believe in that way that there's a few things as we look towards a new year um, that can help us. And I think the first is, in fact, acknowledging that in some ways it is a continuation. There's nothing... um, from the 31st to the 1st, there's not a whole lot of difference. It's a new day and a new week, possibly. Um, but things keep going. And if you are putting all of your hope in a new year, just resetting the clock and all of that, then you might be disappointed. But I think actually in the truth that things are continuing in some ways, just as the way, just the way that they have in 2016, there are some things that are going to continue that way into 2017. And that's actually not a bad thing. That's a good thing. I believe that, in fact, one of the things that we need to reflect on is the continuation of God's faithfulness. And so as we think of this year to next year, I believe there are things that God wants us to recognize that they're continuing. The things that he's begun to do in our lives, they're going to continue. His faithfulness is continuing. I believe one of the keys to recognizing this continuation of God's faithfulness starts by looking back on what he's already done. So before we fast forward to a new year and we might be thinking, I'm ready to just start new. I'm ready to forget some of the things that have happened in 2016. 
I want to challenge you. Don't do that without remembering first what he's done, how he's been faithful. Because I believe that is the basis for not only gratitude, but for looking forward to what's ahead and actually believing that um, it's not going to be worse than it was this year, but it's going to get better. Does that make sense? So continuation, specifically of God's faithfulness and his promise to continue what he started. And the question I think that we can ask ourselves, okay, there's a question with each one of these. The question is, where have I seen your faithfulness? And write that down. Where have I seen your faithfulness this year? And I want you to not only write that down as a way of remembering what he's done, but write it down as a promise that he's going to continue what he's done. Okay? So there's a continuation. In that way, there's a good thing that in some ways the things that, that happened in 2016 aren't just left here, but they're moving forward and they're going to carry on into 2017. At the same time, I think for all of us, there's a sense um, that we would like to start some things over. Right? And... and as the seasons change, we have this um, pattern that repeats. And there's this cycle to life itself that, without getting too deep here, that repeats every year. And it's a reminder that there is this sense of renewal that's happening um, around us. And I believe in that same way, there are things that, as we look to a new year, there are things that God wants to renew us in. So the things that are continuing, and God wants us to recognize those things. But at the same time, there are things that God wants to say, I want to bring a refreshing and a renewal and a restoring in your life. And so maybe this year for you has been a draining one, or maybe it's been this particular season. um, Or maybe there's been things that you wish would have been different than they have been. And with that, I just want to encourage you that there's the hope of renewal. There's the hope of restarting. Beginning again. And I want to ask the question, in what way, and this is a question for you to ask God, And to process with him, in what way do I need renewal in my life? What way do I need to start over again? What way do I need you to reset my thinking and my living to be more in line with what you want for me? To be more life-giving. To be more in line with the plans and purposes and dreams that you've put in my heart to the things that you've spoken over me, that you've called me to? That was a really long question. (laughs) Where do I need renewal in my life? That's the question. And I believe that as we turn the page to a new year, it's a great chance to reflect on that and to let God breathe the truth of his promise to do that. See, because I think right now some of us 
the reason we're not ready to think about 2017 maybe is because we think that we're going to be running on the fuel that was left over from 2016. And I believe in the middle of that, there's this promise of God bringing renewal and refreshing and reviving us. I, I don't know about you, but I need some of that right now. I'm tired. See, in, in perfect timing, we got a yawn. Um, <laughs> I was meeting with a friend this week, and he says, you look tired. And I'm like, yeah, I am. <laughs> and I'm, I am hope-filled because of this truth, that in him there is renewal. And I believe he wants to bring that in our lives. I believe both of these first two are so important for this third one. We need to reflect on his faithfulness and how it's continuing. And we need to receive his renewal. Lastly, for the purpose of, as we turn the page on a new year, recognizing and believing that there are new possibilities in 2017. And this is where I fundamentally perhaps disagree with the thought that it's just a continuation from one year to the next and maybe we're overhyping it and over um, perhaps even spiritualizing the turning of the calendar. I think that the truth is that there are new things in 2017 that have never been before. New possibilities, new opportunities, new growth, new life. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) If we were having this conversation a year ago, I think some of us would (laughs) have been really surprised to see this moment, you know? (laughs) And in that, there is amazing hope for us, and there's amazing opportunity and excitement for us if We let our hearts engage with the truth. As we turn to a new year, there's new possibility, new opportunity, new things that have never been before that we get to be a part of. And I believe in that God wants to engage us to dream with him. And so the question in that regard is what am I dreaming for? And before you get to that one, please take some time to reflect on the first two. Because I believe, in fact, dreaming takes um, some real energy. It takes us having actually extra in our tank to dream. And so in order to get there to say, what am I dreaming for in 2017? I think... First, we need to first let God remind us of his faithfulness, and then we need to let him refuel us. And then come to this question and begin to write it out. Begin to tell it to him. This is what I'm dreaming for. And guess what? I I know that he wants to engage us in that, and he wants to take those things, and he wants to expound upon them. Because his dreams for you are bigger than your dreams for yourself. But that doesn't mean he doesn't want to hear what you're thinking. Okay? So as we look to a new year, that's the last one. I want us to get to a place of reflecting on the truth that there are new possibilities, new things, new territory undiscovered in this new year. And that's a reason to look forward to it. And it's a reason to be excited and to go full speed ahead in faith for what's ahead.
Okay? And um, so I just want to pray for those things for us. And that you would be able to, over the next few weeks, just spend some time with him in this way. And let him speak into that. And share your thoughts with him as well. And um, hopefully it will encourage you. Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you. That your kingdom has come to the poor. Your kingdom and your salvation has come to the least likely in the world's eyes. Just as we sang in that song you came to and first appeared to um, some shepherds, some guys that were really far down. The change socially, economically. Your grace showed up before them. Your hope showed up before them. And we thank you that the truths of your kingdom have come to the children, not to the wise, not to the learned, but to those that really needed it. And we're ready to receive it. And Jesus, we want to reflect to you in that way. I pray you would remind us of our place, how we have received that truth for ourselves, and the state we were in when, when you first came to us, and what you gave us, even though we didn't deserve it. And God, I pray that we would be mirrors reflecting that generosity in the most unlikely of moments. And so God, fill us with your love to overflowing. And when it's not easy and when it's not natural, I pray we would choose to be like you in this way because we are reminded in those moments that we are part of your family and we have taken on your name and we want to represent you well and we want people to see you when they look at us and when they hear us and when they see our actions we want them to see you Jesus and Jesus I thank you that you have been so faithful to us this year You have surprised us. You've gone above and beyond our expectations. So we thank you for your faithfulness and we thank you for the way that it will continue. That's your promise to us. You won't leave us or forsake us and you will complete the good work that you've begun in us. That is your promise of your faithfulness. And so as we look to a new year, I pray, God, any way that we have been um, dreading or fearing or nervous or anxious about what's ahead, God, I pray that you would break that from us 
by the truth of your faithfulness and that your faithfulness would flood in in such a way that there would be a shift in our thinking, a shift in our hearts to just begin to believe and to hope and to know that not only is it going to be okay, but it's going to be great because you're with us. And God, I pray that that it would be your renewal that makes that happen. It would be your refreshing. And, and God, if we aren't there yet, I pray we would just put ourselves before you and we would receive your grace. We would receive your love and your mercy. And that strength would begin to rise in us. Strength would begin to rise in us to complete this year well and to start a new one ready, ready for what's ahead. And in that way, I pray we would begin to dream with you. I pray we would begin to think about not the disappointments, but the possibilities, God. And anything that wasn't accomplished this year, God, I pray you would help us to see this next year as new opportunity to see it come to fruition. And that we would put it in your hands and we'd say, God, help us. And God, Help us dream bigger. Thank you. We thank you. In Jesus' name, amen.